Moncrief on News Talk. Time to uh, look outside the borders of our fair land. Jonathan de Burke Butler is here once again to uh, bring some news from other parts of the world afternoon. Jonathan. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right. Uh, Scotland, well, I suppose this is a story that involves Scotland and France, but someone France has been looking for has been hiding in Scotland for a while. He has. This is a um, 54-year-old Vincent Renoir um, who is... Well known in certain circles, I suppose, for making YouTube videos, uh, generally along the same theme in that he likes to deny that the Holocaust uh, happened. And he was, in fact, convicted a couple of times uh, and sent to prison a few, at at least six occasions for these videos that he posted online. Right, Mm. So some of them are, you know... um, videos claiming that, you know, the, describing the Nazi atrocities as crude slanders and that there's a Jewish problem and so on and so forth. The typical stuff that gets put out. Yeah. Um, but ever since 1990, Holocaust denial has been a criminal offence in France, right? So that's the reason he's been convicted. Um, but he decided uh, a number of years ago uh, that he would leave France and move to Scotland. And he's been effectively on the run since then, he's been two years living in, or he was two years living in, in a village in Fife, a fishing village in Fife, beautiful place called Anstruther. And somehow he was discovered living there. He was working as a private tutor and the authorities in Scotland arrested him because they knew there was a domestic warrant. I don't know if Interpol had got involved at this stage or anything like that, but mm. there was certainly a domestic warrant had been issued in France by a French court referring to seven videos that were made between September of 2019 and April of 2020, which were anti-Semitic and denied the Holocaust. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, they uh, wanted him to go back to France. Uh, They um, uh, set up an extradition case in Scotland. And uh, this extradition case happened last October. Okay, so October 2023 at the Sheriff's uh, Court in Edinburgh, right? And at that particular hearing, uh, the Sheriff basically said that the videos that he had published in France were beyond the pale of what is tolerable in our society and were a breach of the Communications Act in the UK, right? So therefore, okay. so the, with the way I assume that extradition works is, you know, you have got to make safe, make sure, obviously, that it's going to be a safe prosecution or a safe trial when they go back to France. But I think in this case, they wanted to see, did what he, did what he, he did, did it break the law in the UK, the UK as, as, well. as well as France? Now, interestingly, okay. they don't have an actual uh, law against Holocaust denial as such. Mm. But they do have uh, the idea of grossly offensive material being shared, right? And so there was a test case, in fact, a couple of years before this, involving a woman by the name of Alison Chablos, who had written three songs, anti-Semitic songs, and she had been convicted under the Communications Act 2003. Okay. So uh, there was a precedent there, which is very important in UK law, of course. But, but I suppose it's interesting because it's to, if he's making anti-Semitic videos in Scotland, mm. uh, somebody in France can watch them, but somebody in many parts of the world could watch them. So who prosecutes them and where? So I, exactly. And I assume that he probably continued what he was doing in Scotland. I'm not 100% sure, yeah, okay. but I assume that he did. But anyway, uh, the French wanted him and the, the Scots have basically said, well, that's ground, you can you can deal with it. So that was back in October. It went to appeal. And the reason we're hearing about it now is because he's lost that. He's even lost the leave to appeal. He didn't even go to appeal, to be honest with you. Right, so okay. So he's to be sent back. Yeah. Uh, so he's on his way uh, mm. back to Scotland. Uh, right. Uh, Nigeria we're going to go to uh, next. Now, this is... 
This is a murder and a kidnapping. So, uh, and this is a local chieftain, but did he also have a military rank as well, this chap who was yeah, killed? Yeah, so this is a, a man by the name of Peter Shigun Aremu. He was 66 years old and he was the Olukoro of Koro. All right, that was his title. He was a monarch, a local chieftain um, in, in, uh, in this part of the world, in the southwest of Nigeria. So what seems to have happened here is that three men broke into his palace and they tried to kidnap him. But he was, as you said, a former military man, a very big individual uh, from what I can gather from his photographs. And he stood up to them. He refused to leave with them and they shot him. And unfortunately for him uh, and for his wife, um, they managed to kidnap his wife and two of his neighbours. At this moment in time... We don't know if they've been in touch about a ransom, although the former monarch's brother has said they might or they might not have been, but they don't want to say anything because they okay. don't want to get a reputation for paying out. Um, and we don't know where the where the uh, wife is at this moment in time, okay? But I suppose the reason I'm bringing this up is because it comes at a point where there have been a series of kidnappings in Nigeria in the last few weeks. Now, we all know about... Um, various militants spoke or Ram and the kidnapping yeah, of, of yeah. school children and this kind of thing. But there's two things about this. Firstly, it's start it's happening in another part of the country, okay, uh, in the southwest rather than the northeast. And secondly, it seems to be it's being done by bandits. So these were yeah. only three men um, that were in a bar apparently that night. Uh, they went in. They asked the bar girl to show them where the palace was, and they went to the palace. And so they had planned it. Uh, but it seems fairly loose, right? right and, yeah. and and there's been, as I said, there's been several kidnappings in this region. In fact, there's civ- civil society groups have got together and said that since President Bola Tinubu took power last May, there's been over 1,800 people kidnapped in Nigeria. My word. And... They're just doing this, just to reiterate, they just, they're just doing this for money. There's it, no political motivation or anything No, like there that doesn't nature. seem to be any political motivation. And what's interesting about this one is the fact that nobody now seems to be off limits. So, yeah. do you know what I mean? Before it was students and people who were travelling in Nigeria and that kind of thing. But now you'd think that this guy Would who has a little bit protected. of respect, a little bit yeah. of power, and probably, as you say, a little bit of protection, is now targeted. Yeah. Uh, and 1,800 people being kidnapped would imply that people are paying out to get their loved ones back. Yeah. They're you, making money from you, it. They, they certainly are making money. I mean, the, some of the ransoms that you're talking about, they're asking for at least 80,000 euros there or thereabouts. There was one terribly sad case about 10 days ago where six sisters and a father were kidnapped and the ransom didn't arrive on time so they shot one of the sisters down. Oh. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of getting out of hand now or... or always out of hand I suppose but it's reaching a new level now yeah right Uh, excuse me Uh, India we're going to go to next this is such a strange story and we can file this under do anything for attention but uh, and and as far as I understand it this particular uh, uh, woman has done this kind of thing before she she she's an actor she is, she is an actor. She, she, I don't know how uh, highly she'd be rated in Bollywood, to be honest with you. Right, but she, okay. I tweeted a photo of her. Uh, she's a 32-year-old woman by the name of Poonam Pandey. And she's a very attractive woman, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, w- would be known for her publicity stunts, shall we say, and various yes. different things like that, okay? And on Friday of last week, her official Instagram account released a statement saying that she had bravely fought cervical cancer but had died. Um, so this cause, I actually, this was actually trending on Irish Twitter 
uh, last week, as right. far as I know, because I looked at it and I went, what's going on here? Yeah. Who's this person? Um, and uh, news outlets reported it and there was an outpouring of grief and this kind of thing and people, you know, eulogising about her. Um, but she left it for 24 hours before turning around and telling people that she actually hadn't died. Uh, she came out, she released a video and said that she had faked her own death and she did it to try and attract attention and create awareness of cervical cancer. Simple as that. She has yeah. 1.3 million followers on Instagram and she pointed out that we're all talking about cervical cancer now, but not everybody is happy about it, as you can imagine. A lot of Bollywood stars have come out and said that this is the wrong way to go about drawing attention to this uh, accursed disease. Um, but uh, she seems happy enough and so do the social media agency who put the campaign together. So uh, there you are. Okay, so, so whether she she's done right or wrong, I don't it know. It wasn't alone. There was... Uh, an agency around her saying, let's do this. Yeah, there was an agency called Shebang, uh, who on Saturday, they said that they apologised for those who were triggered by the campaign, but our actions were driven by a singular mission to elevate awareness about cervical cancer. So there you yeah. go. Um, I, d- I don't know what you think of the rights or wrongs of yeah, that. Yeah, didn't she also say she'd take all her clothes, she'd pose nude if India won it? Yeah, that was back in 2011. Yeah. That, that was a good few years ago. Um, and she didn't do that at the time. Yeah, but, but she they has, did win nonetheless. So yeah. They did win and she has uh, subsequently taken her clothes off several times for, for other reasons. Okay, well, good for her. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and has it increased a uh, uh, conversation about cervical cancer? I would, I would have to say that it certainly has, yeah. yeah. Not... You know, or, it's or that about does, her. It's it's increased conversation about her, but it's yeah. also, as I said, an awful lot of criticism. I only saw a little bit of it, but there was an awful lot of criticism from various Bollywood stars, most of them men, of course. Um, but they said that this wasn't the way to go about attracting attention yes. to cervical cancer. Yeah. But it is attracting attention to it. Do you know what I mean? There's no doubt about it. I suppose, yeah. And, and when she made the, the initial announcement, then did the media, the mainstream mm. media in India, did they start reporting she Yeah, died? they did. And that was another thing that people were critical of. Um, they said that they shouldn't have pr- uh, printed without verifying, but they've pointed out, well, it came from her official Instagram account. So yes, who, yeah. who, how are we supposed to verify it? Go around to the house and ask to see the body. Um, so you can't really yeah. do that. Uh, but they won't believe her... Uh, that a problem for her now is is the coverage that she's going to get in mainstream media. Uh, yeah. is, is, so whether it was wise for her to do this or not is, is another discussion, but she's certainly in the headlines. Uh, right, the Philippines, uh, Philippines we're going to uh, next. Now, Duterte, obviously, uh, was voted out of office. That hasn't stopped him, though. No, he, it hasn't stopped him. He, he was gone, but not forgotten. You have to remember that in the, in the Philippines, there's, they've only got one term that you can serve, and it's six years. Mm-hmm. And he hung in there via his daughter, because his daughter is the vice president. Yes. So yeah. he was, um, you could say, he was an advocate, certainly during the election, for um, Ferdinand Marcos, who, of course, is the son. Bong Bong Marcus, yes. as he's nicknamed. <laughs> and he's been in power, what, for about 18 months, I think, maybe yeah. a little bit less. But it seems that the two of them have fallen out, uh, Rodrigo Duterte and Ferdinand uh, Marcos Jr. fallen out with each other. Um, at the end of January, Ferdinand Marcos was making a speech and in that speech he said that he wouldn't have a problem with the constitution being changed. And the reason he said he, he he had no problem with that because he says that certain provisions in that constitution, such as limits on ownership by foreign companies and that kind of things, were stopping international investment. And okay. he was hearing complaints around that. 
But he didn't rule out the possibility of changing political aspects of that constitution. And of course, that constitution was put in place because his father decided that he'd give himself, you know, presidents for for life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's always going to be question marks about uh, the motives of Ferdinand Marcus. And it should be said that Duterte's come out, he's criticised Marcus Jr., but the Senate has also put a campaign together. 24 people in the Senate, I think, in the Philippines. And they've said that they're going to stop Ferdinand Marcos from changing any aspect of the Constitution. So it's not just Duterte on his own. Yes. But Duterte, in his usual fashion, has gone the extra mile mm. and has basically called now for his region, Mindanao, to split away from the rest of the Philippines. He's so offended by Ferdinand Marcus and so sort of frightened by what he thinks Ferdinand Marcus will become yes. that he said, we're better off just avoiding this altogether and we're, we need to split now from the Philippines. Now, okay. needless to say... And who would be who would be the president of this, of this new republic, <laughs> one wonders? Who knows? I think, I think his, his, his daughter's the vice president of the Philippines. He'd probably be the president. And I think his son is mayor of Davao at the moment, which, of course, he was mayor of. That's where he made his name in Davao. He cleaned up that city. He's a fascinating character, really. But, I mean, he he just comes out with these wild comments. There's a guy in America who, I believe, does something similar cut from the same thing. Johnny, I don't know who he is. Can't remember that name. Uh, 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 Has this gained any traction? No, not at all, which is surprising for him because he would have a lot of support in this part of the world. Um. But there are various different groups, at least two or three groups, including a very important group called the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, who are relatively Mm. famous because of the the acronym. Um, But they signed a peace deal in 2014 with the Philippines and it's been going well. So um, they are the, the region of the Philippines that they were fighting for was in the southern part of Mindanao. So you would sort of think, okay, well, we'll get on the back of this particular horse and we'll go with it. But they didn't and they've rejected it out of hand and said this is completely absurd uh, to come up with this idea. So local politicians who you would have thought, you know, in the past would have been pro this kind of thing are absolutely dead set against it. Uh, Nonetheless, interesting about uh, those attempts from Marcos to change the constitution uh, and presumably uh, introduce no limits on shoe ownership uh, as well. Uh, (laughs) Right, Italy we're going to go to uh, next. Now, they're they're handing a plane back to Ethiopia. Is this a plane with some significance? Yes, it is. This was an aircraft that was uh, built in 1935 and it was Ethiopia or Abyssinia's first plane. It was built by a German pilot called Herr Ludwig Weber and uh, Ethiopian engineers and flew a few times uh, until it was abandoned in the capital in May 1936 when, of course, the Italians under Mussolini moved in and Mm. took over Abyssinia. Uh, And it was brought back then, I think, to Rome and it was put in a military museum there until now. And as a gesture, the Italians have decided to hand it back to Ethiopia and basically say, here you go. Now, it should be said that it's a gesture that was made during a forum that took place last week in Rome called the Italia Africa Summit, I think it was called, right? So this is where um, the Italians basically said, we're going to put a plan together called the Matei Plan and we're going to invite you, the nations of Africa, to be part of this plan, which is going to see us invest $5.5 billion into the continent, uh, which will be good for us and will also be good for you. It's amazing how much... European countries are now doing, particularly around, you know, the return of cultural uh, uh, artefacts and that kind of thing. Since China 
and various other countries have shown so much interest in the last couple of years. Yeah. So I, I suppose China does it in a slightly different way. China just invests. Oh, invests, and, and yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's yeah. Not, there's nothing soft about it at all. Yeah. They just go in there and invest. But now, very interesting move by, um, by what's her name, Maloney, Maloney. Uh, to, to do this. Uh, yeah, though I think um, there's a severe threat of, uh, of famine in the north of Ethiopia. Oh, it's, uh, not, it's so, not in great shape at all. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they need more than an old plane. Well, they do. Uh, in, yeah, in terms yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, so over, uh, over the next week or so, what should we look out for, John? Yeah, I think parliamentary, uh, there's parliamentary elections in Pakistan on Thursday um, on Friday the carnival in Rio begins and then on Sunday there will be presidential elections in Finland Finland is, is interesting so the presidency there they'd have a little bit more power than our presidency mm. but less than the likes of Macron right um, so be interesting to see what happens there indeed it will Jonathan thanks a million thanks, as ever Jonathan de Burke Butler there Moncrief weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.